Oh, hey. Hunter, also known as Just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you could call me JD. And welcome to A Hero Story, episode 51. Thanks for checking out episode 50 last week. It was our one-year milestone, and we're just happy to be here. And here we are, continuing. For those of you just joining A Hero Story, A Hero Story is a podcast all about comic books and superheroes ranging from Marvel and DC. We go over the news of the week at the start of episodes, except for this one, because there's a movie, but we'll get to that in a minute here. After the news of the week, we go over the comics of the week that came out. The comics this week are... Shazam number 6, Batman number 72, Young Justice number 6, Justice League number 25, which was really good. Uh, <laughs> and then we might briefly talk about the Green Lantern number 8 and the Avengers number 19 and maybe Avengers of the Super Sons number 11, which are some other comics that came out this week, but we didn't both read. So the news of the week, uh, we usually start with live action news and we'll get to comic news. But first off, there's a movie that came out this week, a superhero movie. X-Men Dark Phoenix, which was very controversial. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people are defending it. Uh, but we saw it. We both don't... Well, I don't know JD's thoughts. He might know a bit of mine because I posted it on my story on Comic Hunter Instagram. Yeah. But uh, all in all, we're going to go over the good, the bad, and the nerdy. Nerdy being all the Easter eggs that we notice and your references. Cool stuff from the comics, stuff like that. But start off with the good. What did you think of the final, quote-unquote, final X-Men movie, Dark Phoenix? So so I went in with a lot of people having bad reviews, and obviously Rotten Tomatoes trashed it. And I was like, all right, let's you know prep myself. I, I, didn't, I really didn't like Apocalypse, which was in 2016, I believe. So I was like, all yeah. right, let's, you know, let's hope this is okay. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, I don't think it's a great film by any standard. I don't even think it's really a... a good film but i was entertained i i didn't feel like it was a 20 percent like i think x3 which is like a similar premise with the gene gray thing has like a 50 something uh, percent on rotten tomatoes and this one has like a 20 percent. i'm like how does that how does that work yeah it, it really did get trash isn't it like 12 percent of rotten tomatoes when the square first came out i don't know what is that right now but yeah, I, I, th- I think it was at like 16 when it first came out i think it went up to like 20 or 22 now but still yeah. that's worse than bbs did yeah so yeah it's it got... probably gonna tank in the box office but i didn't think it was that bad i mean i don't know i kind of enjoyed myself yeah. at least i mean maybe it's because i'm like nostalgic about like them being at the end and i love 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 the cast of this movie but yeah i mean I the cast was probably one of my good parts but i did go in this movie with like fan stick expectations like this is gonna be bad and mm. I'm, just, I'm gonna be bored but i was entertained i was never really bored i guess you could say it was slow at times but i wasn't like oh god just make this movie end already like the ending actually kind of shocked me that it was over i was like wait that's it so yeah yeah i was like i kept waiting for like another scene where something was gonna happen i was just like oh, oh okay that's, there, there's the credits so <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um but okay, yeah so the- i guess we'll, we'll break it down for the good the bad and the nerdy so the good for me um the cast the cast was great i think uh michael fassbender as magneto is one of the most perfect uh comic book castings of all time I-, I think he is amazing in that role and like when he first showed up on the screen like i i literally felt goosebumps on my arm <laughs> yeah um, I-, I think he's just like born for that role and I- good luck to the mcu trying to recast that because i, I really don't think you'll be able to top that and but I can really say the same point. thing for uh, James. 
McCoy. McAvoy. McAvoy. Uh, for, for Professor X. Um, even though I don't think he's as perfect, I think he's really good in the role, and I think he shows a lot of range. So I would even say the guy playing Cyclops did pretty good. Yeah. yeah I, I, I wish he had like a little more of a role. Like I felt like his whole role was just screaming like, Gene! Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but, but every but character yeah. is like well cast. There's no bad casting in this well, movie. The only bad casting to me in this entire like New Beginnings trilogy is uh, Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. I find her so annoying and so like every line she has, I'm just like, okay, we get it. You're Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, it's because I, I don't like, find her to be a good actress either. Well, she was cast as Mystique before Hunger Games, right? And Hunger Games was where her career really took off. Yeah. I think it was before Hunger Games. And so... As Mystique, she was a minor character, but then after she became like a big star, they're like, "Oh crap, we gotta use this character more because it's Jennifer Lawrence." And Mystique is a very minor character. Like even in the comics, you don't see Mystique show up that often. <laughs> She's not very popular, and they're really pushing for her to be popular here, making her like be one of the leaders of the X Men, basically. And yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see what else I like about this movie. Um, I. I liked um, just a lot of the fight scenes I thought were really done well. Uh, so, like, the train scene, I was pretty much smiling the entire time. I thought it was really well done. And I train think he had, like, awesome. a lot of cool, a lot of cool uh, Magneto moments. Magneto's my man. Like, this made me want to go read X-Men comics. But um, I, I think he had a lot of really starts. cool fight scenes. And I really didn't like Nightcrawler throughout this movie. But then he, like, has one scene where he starts to go off. And I was like, okay, okay. Really? I thought Nightcrawler was awesome in this movie. I think the best... X-Men in this movie, like the best mutants, I guess, on my good side, would be Nightcrawler, Magneto, Professor X, and yeah, they were probably the three best, in my opinion, for... I thought I thought Beast was pretty cool, too. Beast was good, he was too. Yeah. like, flip-floppy on sides. I thought he was kind of interesting. I mean, the whole premise of all of every X-Men movie is somebody's going to flip side, somebody's going to go from good to bad. <laughs> but, yeah, that's um, a good point. But yeah, I don't know. I, I thought I thought it was pretty enjoyable, like a lot of the character interactions and just like the small moments, like 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 you had mentioned going into this, like thinking it's gonna be fantastic bed. That's where I was kind of at. I was like, all right, it's gonna be one of those, but I didn't really feel like it was ever like that. Bad. Even the slow moments. Yeah. yeah, like it it does have good moments. I would say, besides the train scene, which is near the end, the best scene, like the opening scene alone, is really good. And it's something we don't see often in superhero movies. Is it's, it's a team of superheroes working together not to like fight people to save lives, and that's oh, what the yeah. opening scene is. They're not there's no fights or anything. They're just trying to save some people, and it works really well. We don't get that often. It's usually just fight scenes against robots and aliens and Nazis and well, I guess only one movie was Nazis, but it's just yeah. a bunch of fight scenes. But in this one, it's just there's no fighting in the opening scene. It's just them working together to save a life and every single x-men in that scene has a purpose for why they're there they each use their powers and it's cool except for mystique (laughs) yeah mystique is like like i guess i'll save it more from my bad category but like i i actually just binged because um it's been a while since i've like i haven't seen first class since you know a few years and days of future past in a few years i this week i watched uh first class days of future past and apocalypse like in build up to this and it's just like mystique is not good in any of the (laughs) I think her role's alright in Days of Future's Past when she's, like, the confused person. Like, in the that one area where she gets shot in the leg. I forget which scene mm-hmm. that is. But I think she's alright in, like, that role where she's kind of, like, the reason why things are getting messed up. We need a character to be that, so it's Mystique's the one that's being that, that shows the world who mutants are. But 
Yeah. Anyways, in Dark Phoenix, she's not that good. <laughs> no. Um, another thing I put in my good category is the score. So uh, when I was uh, watching the movie, yeah, I, when I was watching the movie, I didn't realize it was Hans Zimmer. So I was like, wow, this sounds a lot like the BVS score. Like, I like uh, really good. And then as I'm walking out of the theater, I see the credits. I'm like, oh, Hans Zimmer. No way. Yeah, so, I didn't know he was he, doing it either until yeah. I heard it. I kind of recognized it's like this is. Like, yeah, yeah. It maybe it immediately made me think of like BVS or Man of Steel. So I was like, oh, maybe you know, maybe it's like somebody inspired by him. But it is him. So he did go with the score a lot. Yeah, I was thinking like, dang, we have another good like music person. I'd probably just finish some people there uh, <laughs> uh, in a superhero movie that's not Hans Zimmer. And then the Chris was like, oh, it is Hans Zimmer. Okay, <laughs> explains it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Besides that, anything else um, good? <laughs> um, I thought the CGI was pretty good. So like a lot oh, of yeah, no problems there. Gray have to do with um, like turning things to ashes almost. And I thought they did a really good job of like doing stuff like that. And even the scene where I don't know, I don't even want to give it away, but they do a scene where where like something that looks unnatural looks unnatural, but like it looks right the way they do it with CGI. So I really like that. Yeah. Um, and I think the plot i mean it's pretty easy to understand so i thought that was pretty good you know it's not like too complex it's not trying to trick you or any way it's just kind of straightforward so uh it's a yeah. little too straightforward i find it's yeah it's very mean, simple yeah i, I don't know I, I just found x3 to be like very like trying to go like gotcha like with the script so i felt this one was just a little less complex and i thought that worked yeah that's fair but i could definitely see the flip side of that people not liking it yeah <laughs> um i think that's about it for my good yeah yeah let's get to the uh bad yeah (laughs) um quicksilver they underutilized him in this entire quadrilogy and i'm pissed um he gets one scene in every movie and that's it and then they just kind of shaft him to the side like why was he not on the train scene like my uh, the guy i saw the i saw the movie with a friend and he thought quicksilver was there for the scene he's like hey i don't remember seeing quicksilver like locked up and i was like yeah he wasn't he was back at the mansion he wasn't even with them there <laughs> he's like what and i was like yeah it wasn't even with them for the final like battle what the hell was that for those going to see this movie waiting for a quicksilver scene whether it's in a kitchen or a blown up mansion uh he doesn't have one of those scenes in this movie like he at all a few funny quips but like he's might have like you don't two get that minutes, like it's total screen time they like where he puts his headphones on and, and starts running and you get like that, that three minute slow-mo scene no you don't get that at all in this movie and he's in he probably has like four or five minutes of screen time despite yeah. being on the poster and in all the trailers he's barely in this movie which is disappointing because yeah. nobody does not like quicksilver like he's awesome and that's yeah, just disappointing. I, I, I'd go as far to say that he's more popular in the X-Men movies than he is in the comics, because I feel like nobody cares about Quicksilver in the comics. But He's kind of a jerk in the comics. <laughs> yeah, but um, he was really awesome in like his very short moment in Days of Future Past, and then in Apocalypse, he got a little more time to shine. Like He was one of my favorite scenes of Apocalypse, and then I'm like, all right, cool, we're going to get like something like him being a main character, and it's just like, nope. Nope, back to uh, being a side character that's in the opening scene, and that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, which I thought was a big waste. Um, For I those, thought also some of the lines were pretty cringy. Oh, in the God, script. there's a lot um, of so lines that are one, bad. One that I'll even mention here because it was in the trailer, so I'm not really a spoiler. But if you don't want, you know, you could like mute for a minute. But uh, when uh, Mystique says about how there's more women on the team that uh, save the men, maybe we should call it the ex-women. I was just like, what? <laughs> like, I, get, I, literally turned, I literally turned to my friend and I was like, oh, God. I get where they're going for it, but... God, it was executed so badly 
Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> and she uh, says it like the ex woman, and like walks away. It's like, okay. <laughs> I, I I also thought um making Charles a jerk like that's fine. It's a fine plot point, but it didn't feel very natural. Like it felt almost forced in a way. Yeah, they're just like, oh, Charles Xavier, you want to keep the steam for your ego, and he doesn't deny yeah. that. And it's like that's yeah, like yeah, like when I think I think Mystique calls him out like uh, the X stands for Xavier and X Men. It's just like no, it stands for like mutants. No, what? what? <laughs> so, so I was just like, do you not know what X Men is for? <laughs> so it it just felt like they were forcing Charles to be the bad guy in a way, and it worked for some of the things, but like it felt like they're really pushing it but without even if- really backing it up. If they wanted to go for a forcing, like, making Charles the bad guy, then straight up do it. Make Charles the bad guy. He would be an interesting plot if he, like, the X-Men against Professor X. But no, they just made him look like a jerk for, like, a few minutes and then it's back to normal. Yeah, it's then like, he's, like, the apologizing. Was yeah, it was really weird. That gets me to um, another point that I'll get to in a sec. But there is a lot of things in this movie that I feel like, why did that need to happen? I'll go get to that more in a sec. But just going back to the, like, terrible lines... There's lines that they sit, put in the trailer that looks like it's just edited together, strangely. It's like, okay, that kind of sounded weird, but it's not. So Jean <laughs> yeah. is in the uh, in a bar talking to a, one of the characters, and she's like, who are you? And she, she replies, the better question is, who are you? And I thought that was just like weird editing in the trailer, but that's straight up in the movie. And it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, such like a weird line. Like. Flow got him what was your goal of saying that better question is who are you (laughs) yeah there's just some really bad dialogue in this but getting to my point with things that are like why did that happen there's a scene in the trailer again and uh i think i might have mentioned this when we talked about the trailer when it first came out on the podcast like months ago but uh magneto basically he has a uh, subway train he like takes it out of the ground and it looks really cool, but what was the point of him doing that? Yeah, there was, there like, was no point. My, I, my friend turned to me like during the movie and he's like, "Why, why, why did he do that to clear the door?" Because <laughs> like he he uses it to like break down a wall, but he walks in front of it through a door, so and it just kind of falls him and breaks the wall more. It's like, what was, was the so point of you doing that? Was that just to like flex your powers off? <laughs> like, there's a lot of things like uh, why there's also more things that happen near the end which may be confused but it's that spoiler talk so i won't get into it okay um for more of the bad category um there's a lot of characters who kind of just like almost like disappear in a way like and you just kind of forget about them so like um one of magneto's like right hand men or should i say woman um is like this character oh, yeah. who's like, who's like a powerful character right she gets like um she gets like thrown out of the fight and like magneto like looks and sees where she goes and like orders beast to go there right so i'm like okay maybe she's gonna come back they never touch upon her in the movie again so it's just like where'd she go <laughs> That's and a good um point. Just, just just another one um on for the villains um they had like there was like a few of them but the main one was like a woman and then there was like this black guy and uh magneto like pushes the black guy into a corner with metal right and i'm like okay but then he's never in the final fight again it's just like where did he go was he stuck behind that metal the entire time (laughs) did he die (laughs) there's just like i felt like it was very incomplete like that's something i guess you don't really notice as much on the first watch but it's like something you notice more on second or third watch where but But when i was talking about it with my friend i was just like where did he go? Like, where did where did the girl go? Like, she felt like she was a decently big character, but then kind of just disappeared without a touch. 
Okay. Yeah. That's a good point. I feel like the timeline in this movie is also kind of weird. Like, I forget the date exactly, but the ages of uh, Professor X and Magneto are 64 years old. Yeah, because X in X1, they're like 70, so they're going to turn into Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen within like 10 years. Man, they really age terribly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so... It just doesn't make sense for that, but there's some... Going back to dialogue again, sorry. There's some things in the trailer that sounded good but never made it to the full cut like tell me what to do i don't know what to do gene just yelling for like help that doesn't happen in this movie yeah and it seems like a powerful moment but they just kind of cut that out for some reason yeah i think like sophie turner did the did the uh, role well of gene gray but i don't know i feel like the dialogue she was given wasn't the greatest mm. yeah yeah i mean i don't know I, I thought Sophia Turner did a good job with what she had, but yeah, like there's some moments where I kind of just cringe at what she says. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, while we're talking about uh, the villains, um, I thought the villains were really bad, like not even necessary in this movie. Um, so they, first of all, they're like wooden space people. They like my friend turned to me and he goes, I am Groot when they walked in. Cause they did kind of look like Groot, <laughs> um, when they were like in their alien form. But anyway, um, they're really like pointless and it's just like uh, okay they don't like further the plot at all and they're kind of just there and they're kind of defeated easily so it's kind of just like why why were they there but yeah i mean the villains were the no one do you remember what they were called no yeah would people (laughs) no one remember like they're so forgettable and like you call them wooden but they're literally like wooden they have no personality their goal wasn't really like they have a goal but it wasn't established (laughs) as of like how they how they're doing it or how they got there like okay this is a super super minor spoiler so mute it for 30 seconds if you don't want to hear this if you're muted good job if you're not (laughs) here's a minor spoiler but they say like this thing it destroyed our entire planet and we're hunting it down. It's like, okay, where were you then? If it destroyed your entire planet, your entire population, your entire race, how are you still alive? They never explain it once. <laughs> they yeah. never explain how they're alive. They don't explain their purpose. They're just like, oh, we're just here to like ask Gene. The better question is, who are you? Yeah, Unmute. Like, at, le- <laughs> at least with the scrolls, they like explained like their whole goal and like where they have been and why and everything. But like this, they're kind of just like oh, stuck in there, point. and it's just like what? These are like scrolls, but bad. I mean, I didn't bad think isn't boring really either. But yeah, I thought these <laughs> were kind of just boring as well. Yeah. Uh, anything else that's bad? I mean, Cyclops was very underused. I guess you said near the beginning. Um, I thought Mystique's death was like nothing so first of all it was in the trailer which i thought was awful and then the, the director confirmed it he's like yeah that's how she dies and that's how she dies <laughs> yeah that's not a spoiler i guess because the director's straight up yeah when like yeah no she's dead direction there i was just like oh uh, okay that was that that's really how it went down and i was just like like i did not care about mystique at all in this quadrilogy like i i cannot care about her at all so when she died i felt absolutely nothing same I feel like I would have felt it a little more if the director didn't straight up say, yeah, she's dead. <laughs> I yeah. think it would have shocked me, maybe. Yeah, maybe a little bit more. Because I'm like, whoa, you're killing off your favorite X-Men, Fox. But, 
eh, you know, this movie wasn't very good. Uh, it, I think it had some good moments, but it wasn't the greatest. Anything else you want to add for the bad, or do you want to go to the nerdy? Uh, we can go to the nerdy, although I don't even know if I really caught any Easter eggs or references or anything like that, so I hope you did. <laughs> um... I mean, they reference like they reference first class and like and, they like, do a few times. Movies, yeah, they reference but... past X Men movies a few times. There's no Wolverine references, which I was yeah, expecting. It, it's same. I was like, wow, they didn't make one Logan reference. I thought they would say something like he's off somewhere, but nothing. Yeah, no, nothing out there. Uh, they mentioned Apocalypse at one point. Uh, so basically, all the references are just the past X Men movies. That, but nothing with Wolverine. Nothing with. Uh, I guess Days of Futures Past or Deadpool, things that you don't really expect, I guess. This is the first X-Men movie where Wolverine isn't even mentioned. Usually he's mentioned in at least the ones that he's not in or doesn't yeah. isn't in much like uh, Apocalypse where he's barely in it. Yeah. Besides that, yeah, and there's it kind of does its own storyline. I know it's copying it's or it's inspired by the Dark Phoenix comic, but apparently it's not the greatest like adaptation. I think so. it's a better adaptation than X3 is cuz X3 does a similar Dark Phoenix thing but I don't think I think I, neither one really does justice to the whole Dark Phoenix premise. Mhm. There is no end credit scene which I guess I, makes I, sense there's not really making anything say, else. Once the credits went I walked. No, oh, yeah, I actually I sat there for a bit and I then after like a little like 4 minutes I googled it and I'm like, "Oh, great. Okay, bye." <laughs> Caught up and left yeah it's just like it's it's written by or it's directed by simon kinberg who mm-hmm. this is his, his second attempt at the dark phoenix storyline he must be a big fan and must be very good at persuasion but <laughs> uh, hey i know just, i messed up the first time but let me mess up a second time yeah i mean so jean gray is possessed with a phoenix at the beginning of this film even though she uses her powers of the phoenix to defeat the apocalypse in the last film so it, there's a lot of continuity errors. I don't know if it counts as a nerdy, but there's continuity errors. <laughs> My well, favorite. This, this, X, X-Men, like, in general, is full of continuity errors and timeline mess-ups. Like, uh, like I watched the original trilogy, and then I watched the new trilogy, and I'm like, none of this stuff lines up. Yeah. Like in the original one, they say that um, that Charles and Eric met at, like, 19, and now they met at um when they were in the water that day in first class and then in x3 i believe charles and and eric go to meet jean gray when she's like a kid but charles is still walking and this is the 70s and then you go back to the new trilogy and he's in the wheelchair and it's just like what oh yeah that's a good point a lot yeah, of stuff why? has changed that's why like it's almost like two different timelines like i really like my mom was trying to ask me uh, was asking me to explain this and i'm like i i really can't like i don't even think fox <laughs> can explain this yeah, I, I like Fox's and like, he did most of this. I, I like Fox's and an official timeline, because like the MCU timeline, we could all understand. Even the DCEU timeline, it's like a little messed up, but it's easy to understand. Yeah. But this, I I just want if Fox sends out an official thing, it might be easier. Or I guess Disney at this point would have to. But there's like no way to explain it because none of it lines up. Like everything contradicts itself. The new Wait. trilogy contradicts the old trilogy. The old tri- trilogy contradicts the new trilogy. Days of Future Past is just a big monkey wrench in there. Yeah, when when in doubt, blame Days of Future Past. Oh, exactly. it's because the timeline changed. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's all you got to say. Like, Days of Future Past erased X3. That's basically what you have to say. Yeah. Okay. Well, what do you rate it? 
Um, I think I'm going to go with... I'm between 5.5 and 6. I'm probably a 6, maybe a 5.5, but I think I'm a 6 because I did like the fight scenes a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like, I, I feel like we kind of went quick over the good category, but, like, I really thought, like, there were some badass scenes and there's some really good fight scenes. And Magneto is just amazing in this movie. Like, I'm really good. That's one of the biggest casts that I'm going to miss. Like, uh, he's so perfect for that role. Michael Fassbender is such a good actor and just yeah. ma- it leaves me wanting more because he's so good. Yeah, I agree. Well, goodbye, X-Men. We will kind of miss a few people that were a part of you. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> Good, goodbye, Fox, X-Men. That, there's movies that I'll miss. I mean, I like X1, X2, and I like, I do too. First, I like first Class. Me too. I like, I like Days of Future Past a lot. And I like Logan. So that's Me five too. movies right there. Yeah. Those are five great movies, too. They're not even like, oh, yeah, they're good. Well, they're really, like, they're damn good superhero movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think First Class is one of the most underrated movies, uh, superhero movies ever. Like, I feel like nobody talks about it, but it's really good. Unfortunately, uh, Dark Phoenix is on the really bad category. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. Actually, the only, yeah, the only time I would see myself watching this again is marathon. Uh, if I was yeah, if I was marathoning the X Men movies. Uh, but yeah, I don't even see myself buy- buying this one on Blu-ray because I just bought the new trilogy like in a box set. So if it doesn't come with that, oh well. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Twenty five. I, I think it's better than I think it's better than Apocalypse. Like I would say that it's better than Apocalypse. I would say that Apocalypse might be better. I find Apocalypse so boring. I watched it just yesterday, and I was yeah, like, that's a good point. I haven't seen it in a while. I've only seen it twice: once in theaters, once it was out. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't see myself watching it again. But yeah, um, but yeah, as Hunter was saying, uh, we reached the about twenty-six minute mark, and uh, we'll move on to the news of the week. So yeah. let's go to the news. Starting with live action news, and I guess uh, there's only one Marvel news this week, but a bit of DC news. So we'll start with the Marvel news live action. Uh, Apparently, Far From Home, Spider-Man Far From Home, will have a big secret reveal that involves Tony Stark. What do you think it'll be? Um, I think it's going to be either that he knew Peter's parents or Howard knew Peter's parents. Or I think it will be. Oh, there was another one I had that I can't remember now. But there, there was something That's a good like one. theorizing. Um, do you have any theories about it? I oh, think okay. they might do AI Tony. That oh, he was like not. uploading really his consciousness into an AI or something like that. I mean, that's uh, what happened in the comics when he went in a coma like two years mm-hmm. ago. So. Civil War Two, a <laughs> that's my only theory. But I like your theory better. I don't want him to be an AI. I think Robert Downey Jr. should be like done. Yeah. Although, like, it depends on well it's executed. But I feel like it's just done from there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it'll be something with his parents or something along those lines. That'd be interesting. Peter is apparently going to make his own suit in this movie too. So that's good. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> um going on to dc news uh how was swamp thing the premiere happened this uh past weekend and uh episode one got great reviews from critics got great audience score a lot of people seem to enjoy it some people thought it was a little boring but you know it's it's a slow start for like most series are and it, it got a lot of popularity and dc decided hey let's cancel it 
So it's canceled <laughs> after premiering its first episode. 24 hours later, DC called the cast and crew saying, yeah, we're canceling it. No season two. Season one is already done. So we're going to get the rest of the season one. But don't if you enjoy it, don't get your hopes up for a season two, which apparently it was set to film a season two. And then DC just straight up canceled it. They said it has nothing to do with budget. They said it has nothing to do with like the score or anything like that. They didn't actually reveal why they canceled it. They just straight up canceled. <laughs> yeah, Thoughts? Um, I, I read something online. I don't know if this is true. That DC, somebody at Warner Brothers or DC, messed up some paperwork and um, they messed up like some tax thing because it was just tax season in the United States. So uh, they messed up some tax thing and they ended up taking a really big tax, um, like missing a big tax cut or something like that. So they lost you know x amount of millions of dollars and that was set to be for swamp things budget so that's why it got canned but i don't know if that's actually true um but yeah i'm i'm kind of it's kind of weird to hear this like right after the first episode like you said it was getting good reviews too so um very weird but i mean i guess i mean this is like bigger rumors that go into the dc universe about how warner brothers is kind of or uh yeah warner brothers and at&t are kind of like reevaluating. like do we need this and I, I don't know. I've had this theory for a while that it's going to get engulfed into the Warner Brothers streaming service that is supposedly coming soon. And I think that would be for the better anyway. I think it's just not strong enough on its own right now. Like they, I feel like they tried to push it out too quickly. You didn't yeah. have it on different like you know consoles and TVs and stuff. And you didn't have it worldwide, which was the biggest mistake. So I think you were just setting yourself up for failure. And it makes me really worried about Young Justice Season 5 because... <laughs> I'm really worried. We're on season four. Season four. Oh, well, we're on season four now. Oh no, no we're, we're on season, season three. three. I meant, I, I, meant uh, <laughs> I meant season four. Then uh, I'm worried that we're not going to get a season four because you know it's just not doing well enough in the ratings. Even though like everyone's watching it, it's just it's not worldwide. Every everyone's watching it, yeah, but not many people are watching DC Universe because everyone's just watching it on illegal websites. But I definitely was <laughs> i'm in canada dc universe isn't available here if it was i would totally give dc my money i would totally pay for that but you don't release it and at least titans was released on netflix two months after its premiere but young justice wasn't so i'm just gonna stream it i'm sorry that's yeah. just what i'm doing um yeah so bad news for dc more bad news for dc uh, they straight up said they're not going to be at San Diego Comic-Con Hall H, so no big announcements, no big trailers coming. It's just, uh, DC will be there, they'll have, like, their own booth and everything. DC's booth actually is fairly big at San Diego Comic-Con, if I'm not mistaken. It's smaller in other conventions. DC was in my hometown a few months ago, and their booth wasn't as big as I expected, but it's also Calgary, so, which isn't <laughs> that known of a city, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, there'll be a San Diego Comic-Con, but not a Hall H. So a Hall H thing at San Diego Comic-Con is where Marvel goes and DC goes and they announce all their big things. They show off their new trailers, they show the new timeline, the cast comes out, they do interviews. It happens every year, and DC's not doing it this year. People expected to see Birds of Prey trailer, maybe a Wonder Woman teaser, but nothing. So, what do you think? I'm kind of surprised, but uh, I mean, there I'm must sad. be some reason for this. Yeah, I, I like the big announcements. I like for them to give me a slate that's never going to happen. Um, 
but Blue yeah, Beetle I'm, movies I'm, coming soon, baby. I'm just hoping they still actually like release trailers and stuff and give us something if they're not going to give us Hall H. But we'll see. I mean, Wonder Woman just got a poster. Who's this doing next bit of news? It's very colorful and new set of armor, new Wonder Woman suit. Not familiar. It's like not a comic suit. It seems like its own original idea. People were comparing it to Thanagarian. Thanagarian uh, suits, which are like the Hawkman Hawkgirl because it's golden. So it's possible. And it is rumored that they would appear in this movie, one of the Hawks. But I kind of feel like that rumor is just with a grain of salt. And this rumor just makes those people that believe in the rumor go crazy. I still don't believe it. But it's a cool set of armor. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, I hope that's not her armor the whole time. Like, I hope she gets her regular... I mean, I know there's pictures of her with the regular Wonder Woman suit, so... Yeah, this will probably just be, like, a final fight armor or just, like, one scene kind of armor. Yeah, but the poster is, like, very creative. I think it's really cool and... It's original. Yeah, I I wish... You know, I, I find MC posters so bland, like, that Homecoming or Far From Home poster that came out which is the three of them it looks like it was like made in photoshop in 10 minutes <laughs> it really does yeah so um, it's nice to see something that's a little more creative yeah speaking of more bad dc news there's huge rumors of a superman game being announced at e3 which starts next week and uh made by rocksteady and rocksteady were the ones that made the arkham game or the arkham trilogy uh if not the Superman games, there are rumors that they're going to announce another Batman game, another Arkham game. And then Rocksteady straight up said, you know what, we hear those rumors and we're not going to be at E3 this year. So that just kind of denies every single rumor that was happening. Once again, no Superman game, which we probably talked about on this podcast a hundred times that there's rumors that a Superman game happening. And a hundred times we say, hey, guess what? It's still not happening. One day, maybe. <laughs> It's so sad. I would really love it. I mean, I think it would be hard to do, but I would love it so much. And they just don't want to give it to us. Maybe they're making it, but come on, at least announce it. Show us like a teaser poster or something. I just want it to happen. Yeah, yeah, honestly, that's all I need. Just a little tease. As of now, nothing's confirmed. A bit of better news is Black Adam, the movie, got a director. Uh, He's the guy that's doing Jungle Cruise right now, which is Dwayne Johnson's current movie being filmed. Should be out by the end of the year, I think, if not early 2019. And mm-hmm. uh, I forget his name. <laughs> oh, um, I, I just had his name before. But yeah, he does. He's done like a few movies like Liam Neeson. He's working with The Rock, which is good. Um, I think he did like the uh, what's the one where the bus can't stop? Um, uh, man, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought I had it right here. That's it's a jo- of the podcast. Jomi Colet Sela. I'm Jomi Colet Sela. He has a complex name. We're not good at pronunciations on a hero story. Jomi J A U M E. And he's being eyed to direct. He sees Black Adam starring Dwayne Johnson, but he's not like official yet. But I mean, Robert Pattinson was also eyed to be the Batman, and then a week later, he was official. So. Yeah, whenever they say I, it's usually looking pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, that's news. Last bit of news is comic news, which is Three Jokers, which is the Dark Side War finale kind of teased Three Jokers story that was announced by Jeff Johns, being uh, having art by Jason Fabok. Jason Fabok just confirmed that it's officially halfway done, which is like, oh, I thought it would be more than halfway done by now. There's still not still no release date, but I'm guessing we'll get a release date at San Diego Comic-Con. Besides that, 
it's halfway done, which is good, I guess. But I was hoping a little bit more. But take your time. Take your time. Yeah, it's going to be great. I hope it's an iconic Joker in Batman story. So I think this could be like the next Killing Joke. Yeah, it's also the first uh, DC Comics story that takes place after Doomsday Clock. Is it Black Label or is it just regular? It's Black Label, but it's canon as well. Oh, okay. Interesting. So Black Label means like it's darker. It's R-rated. So, yeah. But it's also going to be canon, so... Unlike Batman Damned and Last Night on Earth. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's our news of the week. Welcome right, to 36 cool. minutes and 26 seconds. Uh, comics of the week. <laughs> yeah, so let's start with the big comic of the week. Which well, is, let's go course. over our cover of the week and our... Oh, that is correct. All right, Who what is your cover of the week and what is your pick of the week? I mean, I think I know what your pick of the week is, but... Yeah, I think I know yours too. My cover of the week will be... Yeah. I'm actually, I'll go with Shazam. I think it's a good yeah, cover. Yeah, mine is Shazam too. I like that cover. It shows like Billy on one side doing a little prey pose, it looks like, and his father kind of like inviting him to a zoo, which happens in the issue. And on the other side, it shows Shazam with his foster family behind him. So he has to choose. Does he go mm-hmm. for his father or his foster family? Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get and to then, that after. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure your pick of the week is Justice League 25. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is it yours? Also, yeah, it's also my pick of the week. We're, we're a little predictable here on A Hero Story. but uh, It was really it was good. good. <laughs> Scott Snyder, you the man. Um, all right, Exercise. So let's, let's start with Justice League 25. It's the year of the villain prelude. Um, it's an anniversary issue, as Hunter said, so it's exercised. And, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff goes down in this issue. Um, if you're this, a Superman fan, you will love this issue. <laughs> Yeah, so this entire arc has been like kind of a love letter to Superman Rebirth fans or Super Sons fans, which I, I really like. Um, and we've gotten a lot of moments between either uh, Clark and John or Clark as a kid with Pa Kent. And that's where it starts with one of them. And it's, it's just like some nice moments. And it makes for some nice uh, character building. But Clark is on a mission to escape that basically like black hole thing he's in. He's in a void of nothing. Like yeah, there's he, no he, ground. There's there's no yellow sun, and he's looking pretty bad because he. I mean, he looks like a skinny Bizarro. He kind of looks like looks yeah, like, you know, in Batman v Superman, when Superman was hit with the nuke, that's yeah. what he looks like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he's trying to escape, and even his like his dialogue is going great. I really like the way they do this, and uh, you know, Hope is looking lost, but he's really just trying to get his way out of there. Uh, meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice, the Justice League is fighting the Justice League. Just oh. one of them is from the future. We should, pro- yeah. For those who don't know, the Justice League are in another dimension right now, the fifth dimension or is sixth. it six? Sixth dimension, which is basically a perfect future where everyone's amazing and powerful, and there are no villains. But the consequence is that it's also messed up or something. the The Justice League of the future are kind of messed up in the head, and they want to kill the regular Justice League. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's League versus League, and it's pretty entertaining. So uh, John Stewart is fighting John Stewart, Tank versus Tank, Construct versus Construct. White Lantern, uh, John Stewart versus Green Lantern, too. Yeah, and um, he says that uh, the White Lantern, the older one, says that uh, name anything, and I bet my ring, uh, I, I bet my ring that this old head has more of it than yours. And then Flash goes, "How about hair?" Because this John Stewart in the future is bald, which is a pretty funny quip. Even though I mostly don't like Flash's quip, it was pretty funny. Uh, Flash is fighting. I thought his that one fits Yeah, no, that one was good. 
Um, Flash is fighting the future Flash, uh, not to be confused with the future Flash arc, of course, uh, but he's fighting the future Flash and uh, the future Flash, which I thought was really cool, which I wish we would have gotten more of. Um, he's like three speedsters in one and he breaks out and the three speedsters begin to attack Barry. And one of them is Wally. basically Wally. <laughs> it is Wally. So, um, my little fanboy heart just exploded seeing that. Um, but yeah, so some cool moments of the Justice League fighting the Justice Justice League and the World Forger is um, basically just watching this all and talking with Batman, telling him how he needs to end this. He needs to stop his league from fighting and convince them that this is the way they need to go. Mm-hmm. So seeing Batman talk to the league here is pretty interesting. Um, yeah, the World Forger is uh, a son of the god of the universe who created, helped create the universe. And Batman's just having a conversation with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, Meanwhile, uh, like in between this, they keep cutting back and forth. Uh, Clark is kind of just like at, almost like at his last last stand, basically. Um, and he talks about how in, in the last issue, they talked about how they never got to light a lantern for a pot Kent because it was raining and it was like for like to remember his death. And John was pretty upset about it. And they finished the story out by the Justice League showing up. Uh, Green Lantern puts a big construct so it covers them, and they all have lanterns in their hand. It's really nice; like it's a nice, sweet moment. And and if you Clark look and John get to celebrate Pa Kent, yeah, it's it's nice. It's it's cool how the league isn't like a teammates, but they're also friends. Yeah, like I wish we got more of these moments in comics. Like they're heartwarming. They're also fun to read. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, um, while this is happening, all the suns start to open up around Clark, and he starts to come back to life. His skin starts to get more full, and his body starts to look, you know, more, more full as well. Like, <laughs> yeah, he looks more like Superman. And he starts flying through the suns, and he's he's back, baby. He's back. Uh, he's flying through the suns, and he feels better than ever. He feels more powerful than ever, and he's got to use his will and his anger to take down the World Forger. Um, and uh, he's making his way back and this is one of my favorite moments of the entire comic uh, Lois Lane sees something coming through, oh, and uh, this universe's Lois Lane is like a soldier and she's yeah. kind of evil yeah uh, she sees something coming uh, through through like space pretty fast and she's not sure what it is uh, and the World Forger is saying get every cannon you have on that now and all of a sudden she sees that it's Clark and she starts to tear up and she says Clark I'm, I'm so sorry do it please and she lets him pass through and uh clark is flying through at super speed and he's just like the dialogue here like i really can't do justice to it but it's written really well like something that scott sometimes scott snyder usually struggles or sometimes struggles with is writing like very heavy meaningful dialogue but i really think he nails it here yeah like scott snyder is one of the only comic writers ever that actually does like narrations like no one's talking here it's just a narrator what uh, I, I kind of like the narration. I, I, think I do works. too. I mean, there's uh, a anyway. lot of it too. Yeah. But anyway, um, as Superman, like he, he gets ready to punch and like little reflections of John and Pa Kent are with him. And it's just like a really beautiful page uh, drawn by Jorge Jimenez. And uh, it's just so Chris nice. And yeah. And uh, he punches the world forger and it's like, boom. It's like a big explosion that like knocks down both leagues and like just messes up like the entire universe. And uh, he's and like he's standing over for the world forger. He's like forger, forger, look at me. And uh, he he's able to take him down and he's able to stand Making as a better a man. Crater in the planet. Yeah, it's like basically two times the size of Australia. 
yeah this is like every superman fanboy's dreams like what happened here and uh superman and batman catch up and then uh superman says that uh world forger saying like now that you've taken me down like i was your only chance of winning this war and now that you've taken me down you have no chance of winning this war and superman's like what if there's a better way what if you can work with us on the league and you could help us you know, defeat, uh, win, defeat Doom and win this war of Doom and Justice. And the World Forger is like against it at first, but he eventually agrees. So, a new member of the Justice League, the World Forger for the war. Um, God, when they get back, a demigod, when, a literal demigod. Yeah, and when when they get back to the Earth, uh, Mera and Starman are saying like, uh, "Yeah, you missed a lot." Like the the League only thinks they've been gone for a little bit of time, but they've been gone for weeks. And uh, to take down Mister. Uh, Mixapilidic. You got this. Mix-a-pil- you got this. You got this. Keep, you got this. Hey, you did it. <laughs> Mixapilidic. Awesome. Uh, to take him down, uh, he was like destroying everything, and the Legion of Doom took him down. They saved the world. Lex Luthor saved the world. And then he told them, like, hey, he told the world um, that Doom is coming. The war is coming, and you need to side with Doom. And all villains need to be aware that Lex Luthor is ready to supply them with whatever they need to win this war. And uh, yeah, pretty heavy stuff right there. Uh, really <laughs> cool stuff from Lex. I mean, it's, it was set up in DC Year of the Villain number one on Free Comic Book Day, but uh, this is kind of further expanding on that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they decide they need to make a plan. The World Forger's plan is they need to find his brothers, Monitor and Anti-Monitor, which are actual villains. For those who don't know, Anti-Monitor was in Dark Side War, which is a DC comic series. Uh, <laughs> is, I love that series. Uh Starman, who is from the future, says we need to open up our options for the Justice League. We should go to the multiverse and find other Supermans, other Batman, other Flashes, like other people of the universe to see if they could come help us. And then Wonder Woman says, no, we need to keep our eyes on Earth. We have so many incredible heroes that we can recruit to our case. The Justice League needs to be bigger than ever before. And Martian Manhunter, leader of the League, decides we should do all of that. She's like, what? Yeah. That's yeah, where the Justice League issue end, but then there's an epilogue. Yeah, which is... Uh, meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom headquarters... <laughs> uh, so meanwhile, at those Legion of Doom headquarters, uh, <laughs> Brainiac is... Uh, talk. He's... I don't know. Like, he's... He's making drones, it seems. Yeah, little big and, helmets. And he's talking to somebody, and um, he's saying that it worked, and the person is saying that they're, the air stings and the body's still unfinished, but he's laid the groundwork for his evolution. So it's kind of just like, all right, who, who is this going to be? And uh, It's the Senate. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's Palpatine. Um, so he says that he's going to offer every villain of the world, you know, what they need, and the heroes won't stand a chance. And, uh, yeah, it's time that the Justice League understood that uh, Doom has only just begun. And I, I guess it's Lex's evolved body from the explosion, but... Yeah. Well, evolved so far. He's basically, he wears a cloak and he has gray skin and glowing eyes. And he kind of looks like when he looked like in Dark Side War. When oh he God, was kind of, I'm serious. I'm, okay, this isn't like a meme or anything. Like he does look like, remember when he was God of Apocalypse? Yeah. yeah and he nah, had like gray skin. You. This is what that. he looks like. But he says his, his body isn't finished. So interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of theories online that he's trying to become Kryptonian. Oh, interesting. So I think that would be cool, but I'm pretty sure Scott Snyder said that he, it's more of a Martian route that he's going for, which is also interesting. 
But yeah. Did, uh, did, one, we, did we see that in like one of the last issues where it was like a Martian Lex? In yeah, DC well, villain, we got teased at the end of Year of the Villain. So I wonder if we'll see that. But anyway, uh, what did you think of this issue? Even though I know he loved it. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the best. I think it was the best Justice League issue written. Of Snyder's run. Of Snyder's run, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was very well written. Uh, it's definitely in his top five, but uh, yeah, and I re- I really liked it. I thought it was well done, and I think it sets up the year of the villain really well. And uh, yeah, it's just good to see him out of the sixth dimension. Clark's punch when he like reaches his hand back, you see like, you see Paul Kent's hand and you see John's hand, and it says the past, the future, the present, and it shows Clark and it's just yeah. it's so well written. There's no flaws in this issue. I think that might have been Superman's biggest punch he's ever done. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a strength feed that's brought up for years. Like 80, oh yeah, definitely. Like for 85 years, a Superman. More than that now, I think. Uh, that has been, this is might be his biggest punch ever. He literally says in this issue, this is the fastest he's ever flown. So yeah. it kind of makes sense. And oh, it's, it's so beautiful. This is like such a good issue, and it sets, like you said, it sets up the future of Justice League well. And even Wonder Woman says they're like, we have so many great heroes on this team, we need to recruit them. You see Shazam, you see Kyle Rayner, you see Firestorm, you see Beast Boy, Green Arrow. Yeah. These are heroes that we want on the Justice League, and they're showing yeah, here. It's, yeah, it's nice to see other heroes, and it's nice to see the league expand. Six chairs with room for more. Uh, <laughs> why do we always say that reference? And we always do it. <laughs> yeah. I want Kyle to be on the team so badly. Oh, Raven's here oh, too. Be, it, That'd be cool. It would be so cool. It looks like so there's what, a, a Wallace is there too. Uh, oh god. Uh, what what do you rate the issue? Ten. Done. Yeah, ten for me too. It was a really good issue. I really liked it. Um, yeah. All right. That's Justice League number twenty five. Check it out. Uh, the War of Doom and Justice is just beginning. So make sure you jump on the train. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's go on to I guess. Um, I don't. Yeah, let's do Shazam. So Shazam, number six. Shazam had a uh, shocking yeah. ending. Yeah, so uh, in the it. last issue, uh, Mary and Billy were fighting in the Funlands to take down King Kid, but uh, it, it was a tough battle, and uh, all the kids are split up. But yeah, uh, Mary and Billy are fighting off um, King Kid in the Funlands, but they decide to leave and go chase down where their siblings went. And uh, Mary says that she saw some of them go to the Wildlands, so she'll go there. And um, when she falls through one of the doors, she ends up actually falling back to our world. Uh, yeah. all, all the meanwhile, uh, Black Adam and Savannah are fighting. They met up last issue, and Black Adam is really not happy with Savannah, but Savannah just wants to recruit him for like their Society of Shazam villains. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, and the little worm guy, Mr. Mind, is watching like all this happen. He's like, don't underestimate the first champion, Savannah. So it's a nice fight in between uh, between Savannah and Black Adam. Uh, like I said, Mary and Billy end up back at their house, and um, they're kids again. They're no longer in their hero form. Uh, when they go downstairs, they see Billy sees his dad, and it's kind of just like, dad? And he like tears up immediately, and he gives him a big hug. It's a nice page. And... Uh, his dad wants to like try to explain what happened uh meanwhile savannah kicked black adam's ass which was surprising yeah i was like what the heck yeah he he took him to the wizard's lair like passed out and he says that uh come on now adam they'll be here soon all of them so i guess savannah's recruiting more people or the wizards are coming back that could also be interesting 
um, CC Batson, which is uh, Billy's father, explains everything that happened and why they've been gone. And it's like a nice little cute backstory. And he served time in prison, but now he wants to be there for Billy. And he says that like there's nothing more important than family. So it's it's a nice little moment. Uh, meanwhile, in the game lands, Eugene and Pedro are trying to make their way out of there by earning points. Uh, it's it's like a nice little back and forth. They're almost like a buddy cop movie. And um, <laughs> yeah, they're they're struggling to get out of the game lands and uh somebody lands on the hood of their car during like a video a car racing game and uh it, the guy goes children you have no idea how much how much trouble you are in and he says i am the wizard who gave billy his powers and he says shazam and they yeah, both look at each other go uh-oh and they tell yeah, him light, lightning strike so the wizard interesting maybe your theory could be right about the wizard yeah i have a feeling that could be it uh, meanwhile, in the Funlands, King Kid wants to make his way to the Earthlands and says that he needs to prep for a war. So he will be heading to Earth, I guess. And Mary decides to share her identity with her parents. And she says, long story short, we're all superheroes and reveals herself as Mary Marvel. Mary Marvel fans must be happy because she's had, like, in the last like three issues, iconic splash pages and all of that. <laughs> and the yeah, art she is beautiful in all of them. Like, I am jealous of Mary Marvel fans. They are they are receiving all the content they can need. Um, but yeah, she's getting some cool splash pages, and that's pretty much where the issue ends. So uh, shocking yeah. ending. Yeah, like, revealing revealing her identity to the parents. I did not think that was going to happen. Yeah, I thought that would be stop. Billy doesn't want that, but she just stripped. I want the next issue ASAP. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 series is good, but it's so slow because it's monthly, and it just it feels like so long in between issues. But every issue that comes out is like really good. Yeah, and Mary sure. Marvel just revealing her identity to her foster parents. What does that mean for the future? Yeah, I found that really surprising, but crazy. What like, do you rate the issue? Prove it, or I give it like an eight point five. Uh, yeah, like it was good. Yeah, I'm at like 8.52. It was an enjoyable issue. I want more, so give me more, Jeff Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, um, our next comic is, let's go over Young Justice number, I believe also number six. Yep. Um, Young Justice, this is the end of the Gemworld stuff, which is cool because kind of getting sick of the Gemworld. Finally. Uh, <laughs> we've already, yeah, we've already had six issues here. So yeah, Young Justice was teleported to the Gemworld, which is another dimension where everything has gems. And it's been yeah. like, can we go back to Earth now? <laughs> yeah. Um, Connor explains his story, Connell, Superboy. And because uh, we saw him in the first issue, he had a wife and a son. But it turns out that it's not actually his wife and his son. Uh, this woman was being like abused by the Gem World army because she didn't have a husband that she was pregnant. So Khan stepped in and pretended to be her husband so the like army would leave her alone and he decided to stay with her for a while. So that's the explanation. Remember Bendis said all these questions are going to be answered one by one? We're, we're getting the answers. I didn't one believe him, but yeah. Um, we had some nice moments with the team where they introduce these themselves and we get a little bit more background information on teen lantern and all that uh jenny hex has something in the back of her truck like old relics and uh i wonder what it's gonna be um like that that's real yeah it literally has a label on it that says do not touch and then bart's like i want to touch it uh but yeah the, and then robin's like oh i always thought that was a myth so there's something big in the back of her truck wondering what it is you have any theories on what it is or no okay yeah i was gonna ask you about this I have no idea at all. But Jonah, yeah, all we know is that Jonah Hex had it. Yeah. And he I hasn't been no alive for a while. 
I'm, I'm getting like Indiana Jones vibes, like the Holy Grail or something like that. It glows. We know that. Unless it's just for like dramatic Art effect. effect. Yeah, it could be. But they all seem to know what it is. Yeah. I'm, and they I'm, need to I'm keep it sure. out of bad people's hands. Is there anything that's like, God, I'm going to sound like I don't read comics here, but is there anything DC that's like an Infinity Stone? No, the only thing that comes to mind is like some kind of kryptonite, but obviously it's not because like Khan would have said something. So I, I, I really have no idea what, what it could be. Interesting. It oh. must exist. It's, it, it does exist. It's not like a new thing that Bendis made because uh, they recognized it. Yeah. Interesting. I'm, 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 I'm really not sure what it could be. But uh, anyway. Only thing I say will be it's the Green Lantern Gauntlet. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, Young Justice helps save the Gemworld from their like overlords, and uh, they're thankful, and they decide to send them off home, or so I've they got think. Punch a castle in the face. Yeah, so they so they send them uh, off, and uh, the like almost like the evil stepsister is kind of like, yeah, now they'll be gone forever. And one of them's like, what, what do you mean? They just helped us. And it's like, no, 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 no. They disobeyed commands, and they disobeyed the council way too many times. We told them what would happen. And uh, it, even though they brought some kind of balance, it brought them into chaos. So they sent them away and they sent Young Justice through the multiverse. And uh, yeah, they're lost. This says next, lost in the multiverse. So still not back to Earth. No, <laughs> I mean, this. I'm sure this is how they'll get to the Kingdom Come universe and all that. Yeah, it was a good uh, issue, though. We got to see Connor fight. And yell, I'm going to punch a castle in the face. Uh, yeah. I think Bart really shined in this issue at times. There's a scene where their Amethyst is talking about something that they need. And in the background, you see Bart like all of a sudden leave. And then he comes yeah. back with it. Like, this thing? And they're like, what? what, what? Yeah. Uh, how'd you get that? He's like, eh, you know, super speed. Yeah, that was a good scene. So it's good. And they, they even have a Superboy in the black shirt at one point, which I like a lot. Yeah, yeah, to remind you where he's from. And Wonder Girl says that she never lost her memories, like she's known anything. And they're like, why were you acting weird? She's like, because I am weird. And I was like, I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's relatable. Uh, but yeah, I, it was it was nice. And Robin is wondering, like, where were my memories gone? So it's almost like, like, this is kind of what the message originally was of Rebirth, right? Like, why are these memories gone? And why am I getting them now? Yep. So, so somebody's still hunting for it. Thank you, Ben. Good job, Bendis. Yeah, I do have one more question, though what tim's memories were erased connor was in gemworld bart was in the speed force where was cassie all this time she said she was here so i'm assuming she, yeah but what was what she about doing the, well what about the cassie from new 52 teen titans is that kind of just like like new 52 teen titans is one of the biggest mysteries of rebirth like what happened to them yeah is that the same cassie i guess it was but what's she been doing since rebirth started i i have no clue i hope they dive more into that and explain Maybe sure it's something with, with Zeus, her grandfather, even though I know it breaks continuity and you hated that, but maybe they'll do something with that. He's supposed to be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bendis probably won't explain that. Oh, well, good yeah. issue. I give it like an 8. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm right there, like 7.5, 8. I, I enjoyed it. It was good. I think we probably have time uh, for one more, and that's the weekly Tom King rant. Oh, God. I Batman 72, just really quickly. <laughs> Yeah, you want to you want to recap it because sure, oh, this man. issue was a recap. <laughs> it was literally the only thing that happened was nothing. It was entirely a recap of Tom King's run, including yeah. war jokes and riddles. Yeah, nothing happened. Oh, Batman got beat up, 
by Bane without saying anything. There's no dialogue. It's cool. The entire <laughs> time there is dialogue of someone talking. And it's revealed at the end that it is Thomas Wayne talking. Saying, how may I help? Thing is, they actually explain Bane's plan in this issue. Which is so stupid. So <laughs> Bane's plan is to break Batman's heart. His entire plan and his greatest enemy, the Dark Knight. I want to give him a heartbreak. That's his plan. And his plan is literally like, if one thing messed up, it would have been over and you'd just be just a regular Batman villain at Arkham Asylum. He was betting that Selina would never marry Batman. That was his entire plan because he sent Selina's friend to say, hey, Batman, if he's happy, he might not be Batman anymore. And that's why Selina left. What if Selina was like, no, that's stupid. You can still have Batman who's happy as Bruce Wayne and still a grumpy Batman. Like, you know, every fan in the world said. But instead, Selina bought it and she left Batman. And because of that, Batman's depressed and Bane wins. His plan was like... <sighs> oh, I can sense the frustration and I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously. What kind of plan is that? His plan was even, like, to have him go tell Selina his darkest truth, which is, oh, I almost killed the Joker at one point. I threw a knife at him. Or, Riddler, I mean. I threw a knife at him, but it was stopped. Like. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't get it. <laughs> it was entirely just a recap. Uh, like, uh, even uh, Bane hacks Skeets so that Booster, so this was part of his literal plan. Bane would hack Skeets, which is a robot from the future how the heck do you hack that i don't know i'm not going to explain it but he hacked (laughs) he manages to capture him without booster gold noticing let alone reprogram the technology that is from the future bane's plan then relies on booster being able to change the timeline again back to normal just by himself and also alternate reality bruce actually destroys skeets and fix it all the way back shouldn't it go back to normal like how does this stand still on Bane's side? Bane, Bane, like, controlling everything is an interesting concept until you start thinking about it. It's like, yeah, everything's way too convenient to actually have have happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's... It's so weird to me how, like... Oh, yeah, I'm gonna hack a future robot, have Booster Gold back in time, just to ruin the world and fix it by himself. He's totally counting on Booster Gold, and Booster Gold doesn't know that. And Booster Gold just barely was able to fix it yeah yeah i was kind of just like like after i finished the issue i was like all right how many issues left on the king run like <laughs> i was like what 14 issues left 13 issues left apparently 75 left. is gonna be big i mean batman's been fighting bane for a while and we just got no dialogue i wish just batman and bane were yelling at each other out there fighting but we didn't get that i just want batman yeah. to be like why bane why could you do this and bane be like it's the only time you'll spend time with me or <laughs> like at <laughs> least give the- us dialogue <laughs> That's another one that we reference all the time on the podcast. <laughs> Reverse Flash telling Barry is the only time you'll spend with me. Oh, man, that's a great moment. God, by <laughs> not great moment, but you know. Oh, man. Uh, so what do you rate the issue? I rate it 10. Uh, out of 100? <laughs> okay. uh, honestly, I give it like a 2. Like yeah. a 1. This is like... At least the dream sequences, some of them had interesting dialogue (laughs) like the one where clark is just like bruce you're in a dream like that was interesting but this one's just like 
how many more issues do we have till 75? Three more? Or 73, 74, and then 75? Ugh, man. Yeah. I just feel like I'm... Ugh, man, it's so boring. Why would they do this? Yeah. Detective Comics is so much better. Thank you, Pete Tomasi. And even, even, like, even Scott Snyder's Justice yeah. League Batman is much better. Even Scott Snyder's Last Night on Earth is much better. Like, we didn't talk about it, but there's a moment uh, where Jaro says, like, Dad, you're back. And Batman's like, yeah, I'm back. Stop calling me that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's in, like, a little text where he's, like, whispers it to Jaro. Yeah. <laughs> like, he yeah, doesn't want the leak to hear that he doesn't yeah, want to I was thinking that. the same thing. I was laughing. I was like, oh, Jaro. But, yeah. Like, Batman know. can be happy. I think Justice League Batman is legitimately, like, a happy Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like him and Clark reuniting was really nice. And and even when he reunited Clark, he just kind of told Lee, like, yeah, you're welcome. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for listening to a hero story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, if you're listening to a hero story on iTunes, we appreciate a five-star review because it helps with the rankings. It is about uh, 1.42 in the morning here on the East Coast. So oh, I God. Tired, I'm sorry. But I'm sorry. <laughs> we, have, we have some late recording nights, but it's all, it's all to get you the podcast. So give us that five-star review because I feel like we earned it. Uh, for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter, and thanks for being a hero. And remember, Tom King, Batman doesn't have to be depressed. Goodbye. Bye.